Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way, episode 558. Today we're going to talk about how to use HGH, GHRP, and other of these growth peptides, and how good are they for your body. So in this one, you know, we're, we want to spend um, a good solid chunk of the podcast talking about the, obviously, the most popular one, which is going to be human growth hormone. And human growth hormone is known and it's marketed heavily now um, in the United States for anti-aging properties uh, for guys who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and onward to get them looking younger, feeling younger, um, all this good stuff. It's really over-marketed and over-hyped for those reasons. But at the end of the line, at the end of the day, it is a really, really good peptide. And human growth hormone, of course, is produced in our bodies uh, especially when we're younger, as we get older, it really falls off a, a cliff quite quickly. But when you're younger, you know, you're, it's less wear and tear in your body, but the human growth hormone helps you with recovery, repair, uh, and growth and everything like that. Now, obviously your growth plates get close. So you're not going to be able to take HGH at 30 years old and grow, you know, five inches. But what, what it, what it can do as you get older is give you anti-aging benefits. And a lot of guys turn to it for that hormone replacement therapy benefits. On the flip side, a lot of pro bodybuilders will use HGH because it's going to allow them to not just grow existing muscle, but it can allow them to split the muscle cells and grow the muscle cells that way. So we're going to talk about that. And we're, look, we're going to talk about the, the risks of taking uh, all these growth hormone peptides, including HGH. So, um, you know, let's kind of get into uh, growth hormone a little bit. And Mobster, we have some stuff to talk about. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's well known, and if it isn't, guys, by all means, look this up. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, for example, had a a trip to Australia some years ago, and there was an issue with a great deal of growth hormone that was found in the luggage. Doctor prescribed, it has to be said. And someone else amongst his group put their hand up for it and I believe took the fine. But the long and the short of it was, this was how Sylvester, by way of example, was able to continue to do the movies that he was doing, the, the later Rambo movies and so on and so forth, and look absolutely amazing. The the muscle cell splitting thing that Steve referred to, I put my, I, I waved this Steve off camera. Uh, to, to, it's called hyperplasia, Steve. And it's one of those things where, there's an argument in science to be made for the simple fact that you have a certain particular number of muscle fibers and we thicken them, we strengthen them, we strain them, we test them when we're in the gym. Uh, but it's, it, there is some muscle cell splitting. The argument for growth hormone use is, as Steve said, that that increases the number. So that would, what would that mean? It would mean that you would increase the number of muscle fibers that you had and then you change your kind of training uh, from the, from the explosive high rep stuff that would cause hyperplasia if it's going to happen and especially so with growth hormone to stuff that's going to thicken and what does that mean guys at the end of the day it means either a denser muscle or a bigger muscle because of the increased thicker muscle fiber state so yeah back to you on that one yeah and so some of the signs behind a growth hormone look it's produced in the pituitary glands just like testosterone and it's going to be secreted by the anterior part of your pituitary gland. So as you get older, it really falls off a cliff. A lot of guys will really get frustrated with 
their growth hormone levels and will want to basically uh, take something to kind of cover that up. So it's just like taking testosterone. When you got low testosterone levels, a lot of people want to take HGH to kind of supplement that and replace what their body should produce. <clears throat> so they'll start taking it, um, you know, in their thirties even, but the flip side is it's very, very expensive. And um, obviously growth hormone, you hear stories of teenagers taking growth hormone through a doctor for dwarfism and to help them grow. And it will help with that. So, but again, once your growth plates close, it's not going to help you anymore. There's also a rumor, mobster, that LeBron James took growth hormone growing up, and that helped him get so big and so tall. Uh, so that's I, interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, I don't know about that one, me, but that's the rumor, yeah. I mean, I would suggest potentially the parents of some uh, junior and high school athletes might have been tempted in that particular way to – in. Uh, give their children an opportunity and enhance everybody's kind of lifestyle, which is a whole sort of, you know, it's like those pushy parents you see trying to get their children on stage or whatever. So that's a bit of a concern there. I will say um, the use for uh, injury um, recovery from injury is enhanced and growth hormone is great for that. And that would be for the particular reason that I'm aware, of course, because of my, where I come from in terms of training, which would be from strength, and, and specifically, the guys that I used to knock about with who were strength athletes, the guys that you see competing on the TV and doing strongman-type competitions, the risk for injury is quite high. You're running up and down with crazy weights, and bicep tears became, at some point, as common as the pec tears back in the 90s and 2000s that we were seeing in bodybuilders, and growth hormone was helping people recover that. Now, funny enough, as we're going to talk about uh, momentarily, there are specific peptides coming from growth hormone which are incredibly good at uh, uh, injury recovery. So, yeah, for sure, Steve. Something that we talked about in a pre-show, I think we touch upon now just for a second, Steve talked about the price and how expensive it is. And it's it's a lot cheaper than it used to be, guys, because, you know, £500 a month, about 600 and something odd dollars a month was not at all uncommon. And it's still relatively expensive, in, in say, compared to running a cycle of steroids, Steve. But one of the things we talked about in the pre-show was just how often uh, sources, unreliable sources especially, fake growth hormone. And then again, as we're going to talk about growth hormone peptides. Touch on that for a second. Huge problem. Huge problem. Because you don't know what you're getting. You're getting, this is the way these peptides, including growth hormone, arrive. They come in a vial of white powder. You got to reconstitute them. Very, very carefully. Usually people use backwater for that. And the thing with that is a lot of times sources are like, well, you know, I'm just going to put in anything in here. They're going to underdose it at best. So it's really, really important. You can come on our forums if you want to find the legitimate stuff. Don't use, don't just Google buy HGH or buy peptides because I promise you, you're you're going to end up getting ripped off. There's just no way. So it's very, very easy. One of the popular things that they do when it comes to HGH, HGH is they'll, they'll, they'll give you ACG instead. And ACG will give you some benefits. You know, it, it, it gives you a nice little rush of estrogen, a nice little rush of testosterone because it is a hormone. So when you take it, you get a little rush of that and it makes you feel good. It'll lean you up a little bit for, you know, for some people, it'll dry you out a little bit. 
uh, you know, put on a little bit of, you'll put on a little strength, maybe your libido will jump a little bit. You'll be like, oh, this is, this HGH is working. Well, it's not really HGH you're taking, it's really ACG. So that's a great way for um, scammers to operate is send you AC, ACG, which is way, way cheaper than uh, than HGH. That's, that's one of their strategies. But when it comes to HGH, look, bottom line is, if you're running it for anti-aging purposes, you would run it for anywhere from one IU to one and a half IUs, two IUs tops. Okay, you don't need anything more than that. If it's a legitimate HGH, a good quality HGH, you don't need anything more than that. Pro bodybuilders, they run a lot of HGH. I mean, we're talking, I'm talking about the pro bodybuilders at the top. They'll run 10 IUs, 12 IUs, 15 IUs, whatever they have to do. And then they'll throw in insulin on top of that. Because the reason for that is the side effects of high, the high blood sugar issues, the insulin resistance and all that stuff. So it really throws off your insulin. You got to remember HGH and insulin are inverted. So you want to make sure that when you're running HGH, you don't abuse it if you're just a normal Joe, because if you abuse it, you can, you can raise your insulin resistance over time. But if you run it correctly, you won't. So it's just some, it's just like running testosterone. If you abuse testosterone, you'll open yourself up for other problems. But if you run testosterone the right way, you shouldn't. One of the other things too is cancer. Because again, as Mobster pointed out earlier, and as I pointed out, it splits and grows cells. The same goes for cancer cells. If you've got cancer cells floating around in your body and you run a lot of HGH and you abuse HGH, what do you think is going to happen to those cancer cells? That's why you see bodybuilders who have autopsies done in their 20s and 30s. They open them up and they find cancer cells in their body. Lots of cancer spreading in their body. That's from the abuse of HGH and from, of course, the abuse of anabolic steroids, which are androgens. And androgens, of course, will fire up cancer cells as well. So will estrogen. Estrogen, obviously, if you know anyone who has had breast cancer, a female friend who's had breast cancer, a middle-aged woman, what do doctors do after their breast cancer is treated? They put them on anti-estrogens because estrogen is your enemy when it comes to cancer cells. So you want to make sure that you're running these smartly if you want to use them the healthy way. But with HGH and with these peptides that we're going to talk about, overall, I'll give you a general synopsis. If you run them correctly, the side effects will be manageable and will be minimal. But if you abuse yeah. them, the side effects will definitely be there. And we're going to talk about the dosing. We're going to talk about the side effects. So again, with HGH, if you're just a normal Joe, you just want to use it for anti-aging purposes, you're in your 40s, you're in your 50s, you can go ahead and run it anywhere from one to two IUs a day and, and run it that way and you get good benefits. And again, you buy a kit online, they send you the kit. It's not a cheap product here you know it's not a cheap peptide hgh is expensive and um you take it you have to mix it make sure you put it in the refrigerator all these peptides we're going to talk about before and especially after you, you reconstitute the powder you want to put yep. them in the refrigerator to give them a longer lifespan and you want to use them quickly really after you mix them you want to use them within a month if you don't use it within that month just toss them and remix another one because that's just, it it's, just it's just yeah. going to go bad. Yeah, go ahead, Monster. I'll jump in here for a second. Right, so previous uh, podcast, I've, I've mentioned that in the past, I actually did some research for a couple of buddies of mine, well before we started doing this podcast, Steve and I, and one's got Crohn's and one's got colitis, which essentially is the immune system 
ripping the backside out of their guts and it makes like you guys want to look up the um, symptoms of how bad that is like in the shit out 30 times a day Steve and you know having terrible problems digesting and absorbing food just as horrendous so I went off and done some research for them and funny enough the best research at that particular time when I was looking was on an HIV forum so these guys are trying to stay alive never mind having Crohn's and colitis and they were typically running where they had the disposable income, $500 a month, about, about £450 a month on growth hormone to, to get their life extension benefits, Stephen, and to, you know, help them uh, resist the terrible diseases and conditions that they were dealing with. For my buddies, it was a case of repairing the lower part of their intestine where they were having these particular issues. And one of the things that I particularly took um, notice of it was the sweet spot so to so to speak of dosing now like steve said we know and it's not a secret but we know of we can think of a member on the forum that's run what we would call high levels of growth hormone and i'm thinking specifically of certain professional bodybuilders that we know have run tens of units per day 30 ius a day is not unheard of growth hormone after every meal uh insulin after every all this kind of sort of protocols in reality the sweet spot, as I could see, and what Steve said earlier on is perfectly fine. It's just a question of variation in that range. The sweet spot was around the equivalent of two and a half IUs per day, um, five IU, IUs every other day. And the issues that you would have if you went above that, and again, I refer to the HRV forum that we were looking at at the time, was that you would have a couple of things. Which, and again, it's such a genetic thing that some people get this, some people do not. But for example, carpal tunnel syndrome, which is where the in your wrist you have a membrane that wraps around a bunch of tendons. There's little sheaths in there that the tendons go backwards and forwards through, same as you would see cables in your car. And what happens is both the tendons and the sheath and the wrap, if you like, all grow or enhance thickness because of the growth hormone, which means the whole arrangement is tighter. And the literally the friction of these little cables, if you like, running backwards and forwards in the sheath becomes painful and that's carpal tunnel syndrome um and it's come it can come from you know excessive typing or some sort of manual labor involving the hands but in this case it's because the use of growth hormone uh, and excess slightly above the sweet spot has thickened up those tendons thickened up those sinews thickened up the sheaths and just made it uncomfortable so that's one indicator the other indicator we get guys about a, a certain amount of water retention sometimes and bloating when actually they want their skin to get leaner and thicker I think sometimes what happens is, Steve, is you've got the genetic differences between one person and the next one. And sometimes that they're actually kind of too fat and they're not doing the diet, they're not doing the cardio, they're not fasting, uh, they're not getting sleep, they're, they've got, they're using recreationals and there's a bunch of stuff that they're not telling us or that they've not taken into consideration when they've decided to use the growth hormone. On the uh, reconstitution that Steve talks about, and this applies to all the peptides we're talking today, as we discussed previously in other podcasts, it, they are fragile. They are fragile in terms of exposure to heat, uh, too cold, uh, too bright a light. So, for example, guys, you wouldn't mix it up and stick it on your windowsill and it's 80 degrees uh, Fahrenheit outside and hope for the best. You can't even shake things vigorously when you're mixing them. They are to be gently swelled. And, of course, again, to keep them in good condition and just to get your money's worth, if nothing else, guys, this is the reason why when we talk about mixing them up in the bacroacidic water, we then, again, swell them and use what we're using for that particular day or a couple of days or whatever 
and then put them in the fridge to keep them chilled. Note again, not freezing or near frozen, not too hot, not in too bright a light. They are sensitive, they are fragile, and quite simply, guys, you'd be wasting your money if you fucked that up. Now, the only issue I've seen, Steve, with people who come on the forums and ask is where they're not sure about the amount of water and how much is in per mil and all that kind of stuff. And it's a simple mathematics, guys, but there are online calculators. And again, you can come on the forum and double check with us to, to make sure that you've got the right amounts and, and the right thing. As far as Bacrocytic water is concerned, guys, it's perfectly legal to own. It's not a drug. It, basically, it's got nothing in it. No hormones, no nothing. That's the whole reason you're using it. And it's perfectly legal. You can get it on eBay, Amazon, bunch of uh, our sponsors and supporters uh, provide it for you. And it's very, it's cheap as fuck, Steve. So you shouldn't have any issues there. Do it right. And the only other thing with regards to peptides and injections, and we'll talk about specific dosages as we go along, would be to use a insulin needle, use a thin pin. Anyway, back to you, Steve. So let's, get, let's finish off with HGH and we'll get into some of the other growth peptides that are out there. So a couple things with HGH, you'll notice right away, deeper sleep. That's what I noticed when I used it. Uh, you'll sleep deeper. You'll need less sleep because you're sleeping more. Increased fat loss, that's one that's going to take time. You're not going to get that right off the bat, but you will notice that you might get leaner uh, just after a month or two on it. But uh, if you want the fat loss benefits, you got to run it more than that. You got to run it for, for a few months to really get those benefits start really uh, getting there. Um, some of the other things that, it does too. It obviously increases metabolism. You're going to get better skin, smoother skin. Your immune system is going to get a nice boost. That is if you're not abusing it, of course. Libido. Your libido should increase. I mean, it's an anti-aging peptide. You should feel younger and feel stronger on it. More energy. You're going to notice in your gym when you work out, you're able to, to, to bounce back quicker after workouts. More endurance, more performance. You'll notice some... Again, if you use it correctly, you'll notice overall some lipid improvements um, in your health. A lot of professionals out there from the NFL, NHL, all, you know, all kinds of sports, baseball, and they use HGH. Uh, the reason they use HGH is because it's in and out of your system quick. So obviously, if you want the benefits, you're going to have to dose it on a daily basis. But it's hard to detect because it is dosed every day. And then some of the side effects. Uh, a lot of my clients that have gone on it and I've told them don't run more than two IUs and they've been stubborn. They've decided to run 2.5, 3, 3.5, 4. They've complained about carpal tunnel. So carpal tunnel is definitely a red flag that you're running too high of a dose. Uh, sometimes people have the opposite. They, they get fatigue in the middle of the day uh, where they have to take a nap. Um, sleep is your friend. Sleep will help you recover, but not if it's going to affect your life and make you tired at work. Water retention could be something that you have to shake off, uh, right off the bat. Sometimes, you know, hypoglycemia, if you abuse it, hypoglycemia is definitely an issue because of the appetite increase on it. You might get the jitters. You might be like, well, I got to eat something. I got to eat something. Um, so if you take it in the morning by midday, you're like, well, I don't want to eat anything till later in the day. I'm doing um, time-restricted eating, intermittent fasting. It's just not going to work. You're going to feel really, really hungry. You're going to feel hypoglycemic. Like, oh, I got to have something. So that's some of the other things that you want to look for when it comes to HGH. But again, it just depends on if you use it. If you use one IU a day, these side effects that I just went through, they, sh they won't be there. They just flat out won't be there. 
you'll get a good quality sleep at night, but it won't affect you into the next day where you'll be tired. So HGH, you know, give it a shot. Come on the forum, do a log. Make sure you're using a legitimate source. Now, um, and we have other pep, other podcasts where we talk a lot about HGH, so definitely check them out. But we got to move on to the our peptides now. Um, these are the most popular peptides out there. Ipomorelin. And ipomorelin is a really, really interesting one because it will not spike cortisol, not spike prolactin. It's going to increase your lean body mass. It's going to lower your body fat. It's going to give you the faster recovery, anti-aging properties. And of course, it's going to improve your sleep and mood as well. So it's going to make you feel like a kid again. And it's a clean, considered a clean, the cleanest of all the GHRPs out there. And with this one, you're, you're going to want to push, you want to um, use it with maybe a GHRH. CJC works really good with it. And um, you're going to get a nice boost when it comes to your effects, uh, stacking it with a, uh, with a GHRH. And a lot of people, they'll use the IPA 200 to 300 micrograms, two to three times a day. And, um, you know, 12 weeks is what you want to aim for. From there, you can reevaluate where things are going. So um, it's a really, really good one for, for those, uh, those benefits. So, and it's considered a very mild uh, peptide, very, very safe. Um, and look, you won't find it that it's going to mess around with your LH or FSH. It's not going to shut you down or suppress you. It's not going to, it's basically going to add on top of what you already got. So this is a really popular one. And a lot of my clients come to me and they want to know more about ipomorelin because they have friends that use it and, and that really, really liked it. So this is a good one, but it works best when you're stacking it with something like uh, CJC without DAC. So give that one a try. Um, it can really give you some good results, Mobster. Yeah, let me ask you a question here, Steve. I'm going to do this a couple of times during this podcast business. There are different peptides. Why was they create? Why were the different peptides created? Obviously, the the first answer would be to treat specific medical conditions. But why do we have this different? amount of peptides to choose from as bodybuilders, as athletes, if you'd like to uh, have a go at that one. Well, it's just, a, it's just about performance. I mean, um, bodybuilders and athletes, a lot of these things, it's just like SARMs. A lot of these SARMs were created and abandoned. But then we took, take, we took them and we've been using them. Anabolic steroids, same thing. They were created many, many years ago. And then they, for medical uses, and then we kind of ripped them off and now we use them for PED purposes at excessive dosing. So all these peptides are stuff found in our body that have been sort of um, synthesized to, to be used into a powder form. And then we're uh, able to get more of these. And also look at the end of the day, our bodies are fucked up in modern society. Um, you know, we talk about HGH and all these peptides and stuff. We're just suppressed across the board when it comes to all of this growth in our body and in and, and testosterone in our body and all this. It has to do with all the chemicals in our bodies. And it's just messing our bodies up and it's throwing our bodies off. And our bodies, that's how our bodies are reacting to it. So these peptides kind of are a good way to kind of get some of the things that we should be getting. So really, um, that's why a lot of people rave about it. I tell my clients all the time. Don't waste money getting your HGH tested. 
you can just run, buy a kit of HGH and run it, and you can run it at one IU a day. And if you feel a 180 in your sleep and your fat loss and your energy and all that stuff, then you know that your HGH was low. Instead of spending $300 getting your HGH tested, just buy a kit of HGH and try it for a month. And that would be your indicator right there. So, and that's that's the signal right there that you have lower HGH. And it can make a big life life difference, especially as you get into your 40s and 50s. So, so for someone like you, Mobster, HGH might be something you want to transition to and, and, and start using to really see if your HGH is low, which I don't think, I don't think, you know, someone like you, um, because you're in Britain, but definitely someone, the typical 55 year old in America is going to have poor, very poor HGH levels. So that's something I definitely would like to get into once I get into my fifties myself, I'm still in my forties. I've used HGH a couple of times. The benefits were not that pronounced for me, but once I get older and my HGH levels really, really drop, then that's something where it would really benefit me uh, big time. So I hope that. Just uh, for a second. Yeah. I mean, one, the obvious thing here, guys, is well, just two things. I'll, I'll ask Steve a question, but I train, uh, I lift weights, et cetera. So I have a kind of benefit over the average Joe in the street in that, perversely, because I work out hard and I lift crazy weights, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a, whether I was a bodybuilder or as a strength athlete, like I consider myself to be, my growth hormone levels are actually going to be better than the average Joe in the street. And uh, what does that mean? It means because we work out, we actually kind of enhance our anti-aging properties of, of, through natural growth hormone release and so on. So typically, if you train and you don't overtrain and push yourself too hard, you should actually look younger than your years compared to, say, someone of the same age in the street that smokes and drinks and so on. So there's that as well. One thing I did think about, Steve, when we were talking about uh, GH uh, and, and uh, sorry, Eparolin, is um, the multiple injections per day. So I'll probably struggle with that. But let's, let's push on, Steve. We've got others. I'm looking right now at GHRP2. And how, what does it do? I'm talking, I'll let Steve jump in in a second. But basically, it boosts your appetite. So... Uh, it may mean, and they tested this on mice, and they've tested this on pigs. Basically, some of you struggle to put on weight. Some of you might need to go up a body weight uh, level in a condition, a competition where you know class is eighty-five kilo, and the next class is a hundred kilograms. That's a big jump, as you. GHRP six is the one that really boosts your appetite, so you're going to get some of the benefits with GHRP two. Talk about the difference between the two, Steve, and the kind of dosing, etc. That you you'd want to see. Yeah, so GHRP six, GHRP two. If you're going to make a decision on which one to take, you definitely want to do what Mobster said and um, go with the GHRP two. If you don't want the heavy hunger side effect, but if you like the hunger side effect, and you're going to be like, look, I'm going to eat a lot but I'm going to eat a nutritious diet. And it's amazing on these peptides and even on the growth hormone, you could still eat a lot, be a voracious eater on these and not gain a lick of body fat. It's really amazing. And you get all the benefits of more nutrition in, in, in your diet, but you want to stick to nutritious foods. Don't take these and go eat pizza and fast food. Obviously you're not going to get the benefits. So those are pretty much the difference. If you want to make the, 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 the choice between GHR six GHRP six and GHRP two, go with the go with the uh, GHRP two if you don't want that heavy hunger side effect, but you want some of that ghrelin activation in your body. And if you don't mind it, go with the GHRP six. So here's the thing with GHRP two, you want to be using it um, 
two to three times a day, 100 micrograms to 300 micrograms per injection. And again, just like other GHRPs, you want to possibly consider using a GHRH in order to maximize the effectiveness. So it's not mandatory, but it is a smart idea. Now with the GHRP6, it's gonna be a little different. Injection schedule that I recommend to my clients is 100 micrograms when you wake up, 100 micrograms post-workout, and 100 micrograms before bed. So that's pretty much the style. Now, if you work out early in the morning, obviously you're gonna just, just go ahead and just do it before you wake up and then do it after you work out. It's not a big deal, but 300 micrograms per day is gonna be a, a, gonna be a good effect. Go ahead, mobster, yep. Yeah, I'm just looking at one of the other positive side effects, and this came from a study on rabbits, uh, listeners, where it, uh, GHR, they haven't actually discovered why it does this yet. Uh, they need to do more studies, certainly the time that the article was being written. But they were saying that GHRP was able to prevent heart failure and increase survival rates, Steve, and had, and I quote, let me read this specifically to you, in, in, uh, positive and transient enotropic effects on the cardiac muscle. That's a particular turn of phrase here. So in other words, heart health got better in the rabbit state. That's the definite positive side effect. What do you think? Yeah, and there is definitely these benefits. So give that one a shot. It's uh, The next one we're going to talk about, CJC-1295, with and without DAC. Now, CJC is really good with in, in, uh, recovery times. A lot of people who get injured, they'll, they'll use CJC-1295, or if you're dealing with a nagging injury, you can kind of go through and work through your uh, your training and maybe just reduce the weights that you're doing. It's going to help with body fat reduction. It's going to help with the immune system. It's going to help with your bone density. It's going to help with cellular repair. You notice your skin gets better on it. Your organ health improves on it. You know, um, so CJC-1295 without DAC is actually not CJC-1295, but it's misnamed Mod GRF. So it's uh, basically... It's that's that's basically the misconception between it. So let's let's kind of explain the difference. Go ahead, mobster. Yeah, you want to jump in? Yeah, guys, make sure that you are buying the right product for what you want. Just to be confusing when we when we've sort of these names and titles for the products are rolling off our tips of our tongues. You need to know that you've brought the right one. Like we said earlier on, legit products from a approved source but the right product, the right peptide. So make sure, guys, that you know the difference between with and without DAC and don't get the numbers messed up and certainly don't buy products that sound like they're the right product. Back to you, Steve. That's just a quick tip. Yeah, so when the DAC at, you know, component added, the peptide half-life is extended to about one week. And also you're going to get steadier blood level after injection. So that's going to be the difference between the two. Um, so... You can use CJC-1295 with DAC along with a GHRP, and then you can basically run it that way. And then the dosage of the CJC-1295 without DAC, one to three times per day, 100 microgram to 200 micro microgram, along with their GHRP of choice. And um, a lot of people like to do CJC-1295 with DAC, and you can utilize it that way. Um, you can basically inject two milligrams of CJC-1295 with DAC twice weekly, 
along with your daily injection of GHRP. So you do the GHRP, let's say you do GHRP2, you could do the CJC1295 with DAC twice a week and do the GHRP2 daily, uh, the, the way we talked about it um, on the previous segment. So you can go that way and you get some good benefits from it. Um, some of the side effects are similar to what you would get on HGH, the water retention, the tingling, the numbness, decreased ins insulin issues. So again, don't abuse it. And these uh, issues would be very, very minimal. So a couple more we want to touch on that are very popular. And um, sermorellin is another one. And listen, at the end of the day, we go back to what I just said. GHR, G, GRF 1-29. Um, so basically, it's really a modified version of G. Basically, when you're using, when you're talking about CJC 1295 without DAC, it's really a modified version of G, GRF 1-29. So, and the name for it is mod GRF 1-29. So it's the root, the original GFR 1-29 is the root of the HH molecule and that remaining peptide contained the first 29 amino acids. So that's what's giving you that name. And that's responsible for stimulating pituitary response. So sermorellin is a prescription drug name. And this alone is why it's so widely prescribed by hormone replacement therapy clinics. So if you go to an anti-aging clinic, they like to prescribe it. So basically, um, they want to utilize sermorellin over other peptides that have longer half-lives. You could easily work this into a multi-dosing protocol with you at um, other long-acting GHR, Hs, and GHRPs. So you can use it with that. So once some of the po positive side effects from sermorellin, you're going to get some increased lean muddy mass, reduced fat, increased strength, more recovery, better sleep, your heart health improves, enhanced immune system, and increasing IGF-1 production. So in layman's terms, that's why anti-aging clinics actually love this stuff. It's great for anti-aging. So you're going to basically use one hour before workout, 200 micrograms to 300 micrograms. And you can also take it before bed around 300 micrograms. So you want to, it's a GHRH. So it's a good idea to stack in GHRP2 or maybe ipomorelin, as we talked about earlier. And that will help maximize the growth hormone store. So really, really a good um, benefit to using this would be to stack stack it for sure. And then Monster touched on that, and then we'll talk about HGH frag. Yeah, very quick tip here again, guys. Some of the better approved sources have uh, peptide calculators. Use them. It can be confusing if you're looking at something, for example, the product we're about to discuss uh, fragment 176191, and it has five milligrams in what is a, a 10 mil valve. So, you know, you'd be looking at uh, half a milligram per mil, which is the equivalent of 500 micrograms. So it's very, very confusing in that particular way uh, for some people trying to work out. It's dead easy when you know it's 250 milligrams of uh, sustenon, and if I use that twice a week, that's 500 milligrams and so on and so forth. But it's a little bit more difficult for the, a few of us uh, listening when we're thinking, well, so it's a fraction of a milligram and how much am I supposed to be? And how much is in a mil and how much is in half a mil? And then again, we're talking about some of the peptides, multiple injections per day. So we want to get those, these numbers dead on, dead right. What I would probably suggest is, as one, using a peptide calculator in terms of the numbers and how much you're supposed to take daily. Two, write it down. 
Don't be afraid to write it down and put it on the inside of the fridge or put it underneath the vault that you use it and literally have it like sort of, uh, you know, as idiot proof as you can possibly get it. We talk about KISS, keeping it simple, stupid. Definitely with something like this until you become super familiar with it to getting the dosage you're dead on. I would hate to inject, you know, more than I think than I needed, Steve, and and and, and not get the best of it and all those kind of things. Let's talk about uh, fragment one seven six one ninety one now. So this one is really really good for regulating fat metabolism without the adverse side effects on insulin sensitivity. So. HGH, great for that, but it does mess with your insulin sensitivity, as I talked about earlier, especially if you jack up the dose. HGH frag really does a good job of not. So this is a really good one. I really like this one. Um, and it's isolating the tail end of the GH molecule. So it works even better than HGH to stimulate lipolysis, which is breaking down fat. So if you're looking for fat loss, this one might be the one that you can take a look at. Um, so you're not going to get the hypoglycemia issues when you're on it. That's the whole purpose of it. It's also going to help with lean body mass, protein synthesis, increased bone mineral density, and better sleep. I really, really like this one uh, for those reasons. So dosing 500 micrograms per day, and you can do two, you can do half of that, 250 in the morning pre-workout. Then you do 250 before lunch, or you can just go ahead and do 250 before bed. So uh, it's very optimal to inject this stuff on an empty stomach. And some people like to do with just protein in the stomach, but I'm not really a believer in that. I think you just, just go ahead and inject it on an empty stomach. So you're going to have to kind of adjust your meal timing around that. And uh, I think, I think too, a lot of people, some of the people who, who've used this and really have experience, they've said that doesn't work really good when you're, eating carbs and sugars and stuff so if you'd like to eat like cake and ice cream and all this stuff don't even get that so oddly enough this is a good one for those of you who have like a, a sugar addiction if you have like a sugar addiction you can't you can't put down the sugar you always got to have cookies and ice cream and stuff for every day this would be a good one for you because you're not going to get a damn thing out of hgh frag if you're eating that type of stuff so it's kind of maybe a motivation for you to start eating better ironically so yeah i mean guys listen it's it's it should be kind of obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway, Steve. You're going to get better results if your diet's on point, if your cardio's on point, if your training's on point. You really can't drug your way out. And I don't care how good a peptide is of just being lazy or eating crap or saying, I like to eat cakes or I'm going to use this particular drug because it's going to benefit me when I'm eating cakes. So come on, guys, put the work in. Very, very quickly before we finish off, Make sure you use an approved source. Make sure you, you you mix it up like we talked about earlier and store it correctly. If you use an approved source, ask to look for or look for on, on those sites for certificate of analysis. Uh, you, you want to go with someone that's trusted. Uh, look for reviews and that kind of stuff as well from us on the forums and on the websites themselves so that we, we they can show you the other users that's got the benefits that you're looking for. And again, make sure you're using the right pip side, the right kind of growth uh, to get the best out of the results of training and your diet and your cardio that you're looking for. Don't get the wrong products and find that you've got issues with side effects, et cetera, et cetera. We try to do, ask us questions, post up information and questions for us on, on the uh, comments. We want to know what you think and if you agree, disagree, et cetera. Please note, we are not doctors in the opinions of ours. It's our view based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast for information purposes and entertainment only, 
the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.